You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Church That Prospers. Enjoy. Last week we talked about the soul that prospers, and this week I'm going to talk about the church that prospers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Woo. So let's take a look at the first scripture that I have. I'm going to move this, Mariah. I'm going to punch this back here so I don't run into it. Let's take a look at that uh, key scripture, Eden, that we had last week. 3 John 2 is the scripture that we're bouncing off of, that we're coming off of. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And so we're talking about uh, our soul. A number of weeks ago, Joseph was teaching from Colossians 3.15, and that was the scripture that that just set off in me when the Amplified Bible uh, says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Uh, It says in the Amplified Bible, let the soul harmony. And I thought, soul harmony. I thought, boy, let's talk about the soul a little bit. Uh, And as I've studied this and started on this, I've heard, I've heard more messages. Uh, last night I was listening to Believer's Voice of Victory Network and listening to Mike Caminetti, if anybody knows him, and uh, he was talking on the soul. And I think the Spirit of God is moving us to know the Word concerning our souls. Uh, we know the Word concerning the Spirit. We know that our spirit has been made new. We know the Word concerning our body. We're renewing our minds to these things that by, with the stripes that wounded Jesus, we have been healed. But the soul, I thought, I hesitated for a minute and said, what scripture do I go to, do I know concerning the soul? And I really was challenged to look at the word of God and apply the gospel to my soul. That is my mind, my will, and my emotions. And so we started talking about that last week. And if you want to listen to that, it is available on Facebook. And I want everybody to know the value of Facebook. We're not asking you to follow us so we can rack up the likes. We want you to follow us because we're presenting material there that's to aid you, to help you through the week. And so it's there for you. You don't have to have an account to go on Facebook. You may not know that. You can just jump on facebook.com, search for Highway Church. It'll pop right up there and everything that we have posted, you'll be able to see. You don't have to comment. You don't have to do anything, but it's there for you as a resource. And so I said last week, we're valuing the word of God more and more because we understand there's nothing else that can answer all the questions that we have. We have many, we have many needs and God is the only one and he and his word are the same and we're valuing that word. So take advantage of it on those uh, resources on Instagram, we're there as well. Facebook, YouTube, we even have a channel there as well. Eden, could you come and help with that? He doesn't know. He has headphones on. (laughs) Can everyone just give Mr. Ed a hand of uh, applause for taking Judah's job this morning? Yes. You know, when we have a question at home about technology, who do we go to? The kids, right? And uh, somehow Ed got the job this morning. <laughs> so he's got, uh, he's doing jo- uh, Judah's job and I appreciate it, Ed. Thank you. <laughs> That's wonderful. Good. Let's take a look at what, let's just review a little bit um, about what we had done and then we'll move forward very quickly. Joseph has been encouraging us to live a spirit-led life. And as I was talking with some of you after service last week, they said, boy, is this important? Because talking about the soul after Joseph is exhorting us to live a spirit-led life, not a purpose-driven life, but a spirit-led life, how this flows so nicely because what is it that competes the most in leading in our lives? Our soul, it's constantly making a lot of noise and just trying to get our attention. Our emotions go up and down. Our our thinking goes out of control at times. And it is competing for uh, rulership 
of our lives. Whether I will order my steps according to how I feel and according to how I reason and how I think or according to how God's word and his spirit are leading me. So this is a, com- a, a competitor and we need to apply the word of God to it so that it can be under the submission of the leading of the spirit of God in our lives. So we looked strictly at the Psalms and we did a Psalm study because David is uh, a songwriter. He writes so much about the soul, about the, the things, the issues of the soul. And so we just just kept our study within one book and boy, was it full and rich. I'm just going to review. Uh, the things that I began last week was that the soul can be acted on by other people. The soul sometimes just is And the soul can be acted on by God. Today, we're going to talk about the fact that we can act upon our souls as well. A lot of people get confused and think that whatever I feel is who I am. But we are not our souls. We are a spirit. And our soul is given to us um, as a tool, as a way to interact with one another And we need to manage it. We need to discipline it. We need to be uh, aware of it. And so we are not our feelings. We are God's redeemed, born again, alive in him spirit. And our soul must come under submission to that, which God has done in our lives. So reviewing the soul can be acted on upon by others. We said that others can tear or rent our soul. We, they can persecute, hate, dig for, hunt for, spoil our soul, speak against our soul, condemn our soul, not care for our soul. It says that our soul is uncared for and others can afflict our soul. These were just a sampling of the things in the Psalms that David expresses happen at the hands of others. And I told everybody to remember that the phrase, you know, people can't hurt you unless you let them is not really true. People can hurt you. And you didn't see it coming. It's always unwelcome. And usually it's by surprise. (laughs) You didn't see that coming at all. And you don't even know what it was about, but it happened. People can act upon your soul without your permission. And, uh, but the thing that gives us victory is our response to that. And last week I let you know that the fastest way for our soul to prosper is for us to forgive. That we forgive and not hold on to offense. So these things come, we don't have to hold on to them. We can forgive and cast them over onto the Lord. Uh, So that is the fastest way, the quickest way to prosper. And quickly, let's just remind ourselves, what does the word prosper mean? We didn't want to get stuck in one understanding, uh, uh, one facet of prospering. We want to understand that prosper means to succeed, to grow, to progress, I said last week. So if we think about this in application to our soul, let's read this again. Beloved, I wish above all things, this is a priority to God. I wish above all things that thou mayest succeed, grow, and progress, and be in health, even as thy soul succeeds, grows, and progresses. If you uh, were like me and had a high school yearbook, Everyone told you a piece of advice in that yearbook. They said, never change, right? (laughs) Love ya like a sis, never change. Well, that's not what we want to do. We don't want to live by that advice. We want to change. We want to grow. We want to progress in who we are. We don't want to look back at high school days and say, oh, If I could only be in high school again. No, 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 no. We want to grow and succeed and progress beyond where we were. As a matter of fact, we don't want to look back 10 years ago when all the children were home and when everything was just so and say, oh, no, no, no. We want to succeed from there. We want to progress from there. We want to grow from there. This is a continual thing. Our destination is to be face to face with the Father. 
And there's going to be a lot of changing that happens <laughs> between now and then. And it's good. It's a good thing. We're being made into the image and likeness of his son. And boy, I've got quite a ways to go. And we're okay with that. We're okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're moving. So even though people can act upon your soul, you, your response to that uh, is what will cause you to progress, to succeed, or to grow, or to get stuck back in high school, <laughs> okay? It's your choice how you respond. Forgiveness is the quickest way to prosper. The soul sometimes just is, we said. We, didn't, we don't know why we feel the way we do. It just sometimes is. We said that the soul can be vexed, sorrowed, consumed or grieved, disquieted, cast down, bowed down, drowning. It can refuse comfort, it can be full of trouble. It can be in silence or in shame. Not fat. It can be fainted, melted, broken. It cleaves to the dust, earthly things. Boy, the soul loves stuff it sees. That's all it knows is the stuff it sees. Uh, the, the dirt under our feet, you know. It's, it's what it sees. It sees this earth and that's it. And so it cleaves to earthly things. But the Bible tells us not to cling to these things, but to set our minds on things above. So we've got to be mindful. Here's our mind. I have an option. I have a choice on what it's going to think on. It's just not doing what it wants to do. You can change what you think about. So it would love to cleave to dust all day. <laughs> uh, destitute, imprisoned. And then they said there were uh, also ways that it can feel in a good way as well. It just can be in a good way, being satisfied or knowing things. The soul can just know things. It knows full well that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. The next thing we talked about is what God has said for our soul. The soul can be acted upon by God. David prayed and asked God to move on his soul because, as I said earlier, only God can do these things. Who knows the mind of God? We said this earlier. Who knows the mind of God except the spirit of God? It's the same concerning us. I can't know what you're thinking right now, Teresa. I have no clue. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> She's quick. I like that. <laughs> You too, sister. You too. So I can't know what you're feeling. I can't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're planning. You know, you may have some scheme. I'm going to get her. Or, you know, I don't. I can't know that. The only one who knows that is you, the soul of a person. So, but, and I, I can't know those things. But God knows. God knows the hearts of men. And so David is asking for things that only God can know and only God can do. He asks God to deliver him, to keep him, to rescue his soul, to heal his soul, to preserve his soul. We like this one. David asked God to rejoice his soul. We don't think that somebody else can rejoice us. Rejoice is usually something we do. But do you know that you can rejoice someone else? That God, David asked God to rejoice him. I love that. That's really fun. Make someone glad again. <laughs> Make someone joyful again. Uh, we can do that. We have that ability. Uh, and also he asked him to release him from prison. His soul was imprisoned. So remembering soul, that it's the, the mind, the will, and the emotions. These things can happen to any aspect of our soul. And then we said, God is just good. And I encouraged everybody to write these promises down because they are the ones that are from us, are, are from God to us. He just does these things to our soul because he's just good. It says in the Psalms that he converts our soul or changes our soul. It can feel one way and the next God can deliver it. Doesn't it say uh, that your sorrow will be turned into joy or your mourning into gladness. So God has that ability to convert our soul. I sensed that this morning as we were worshiping in here, that if you came in heavy, you can leave light. Joseph always says, we're leaving here stronger than when we came in. He'll say that all the time. And it's true. 
God can convert our soul. We may come in feeling weak and yet the word of God and the life of God that is in the word of God is conveyed to us out of this mouth and into your ears and somehow the mind receives it and the spirit agrees and says, that's right. And all of a sudden we're feeling strength. We're knowing and sensing and perceiving, right? We're living by perception, not by reason. We perceive that we've been made light, that we've been made strong. We, so he converts our soul. He restores our soul in Psalm 23. Um, our soul, God, makes it dwell at ease. Again, Joseph's not here, but we hear his words right now. His yoke is easy, right? It's God who does that. I'm telling you, the world isn't doing that. It's not letting you dwell in ease. <laughs> you guys know the old song? This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. You guys know that old song? Yeah. So they're not letting you dwell in ease. It's only God who enables someone to dwell at ease. All people are looking for it, but it only comes from one place. It only comes from God. Dwelling at ease is what he does, and that's what we do in him. Hallelujah. The other thing that God has done is he has known our soul. Boy, and I love this pairing. Remember, can you pull this one up, Eden? It's Psalm 31, 7. I'll give you a few minutes because I didn't give you any notice that I was going to stop here from last week. But this pairing of God knowing us and us knowing him, God knowing our souls and our souls knowing him, there's nothing more beautiful. The scripture, Psalm 31, 7 says, I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversities. Remember, I said nobody can know what you're going through unless you somehow share it. But guess what? We don't always need to share everything. Right? So how can I take comfort if it's not always wise to share with somebody what's going on inside of my soul? How can I take comfort in my soul? This verse. You, God, have known my soul in adversities. Oh, hallelujah. God knows. He knows. And as I said this morning, he's not an imaginary God. He's a real God. And such real comfort that comes when a real God knows my adversities. He really knows my soul. He knows the tearing at it. He knows the adversity, the, ad the affliction. He knows the persecution. He knows the silence, the, the uh, vexing. He knows that. And we can take great comfort knowing that God knows my soul. I don't have to tell, I don't have to look for other people. And this has been something I've had to grow in. As I shared a little bit with you last week, I'm, I'm learning more and more. I, I'm just, you know, just to be alert and aware of the soul. Um, I like people. I like relationships. I like to talk. <laughs> and I like to be known. I, I don't know who doesn't like to be known. Everybody likes to be known. But there are times when you don't feel that anybody gets you at all. <laughs> you can walk alone, you feel like at times on this earth. But such comfort I have learned to take knowing that God knows he knows what's going on inside of me. And I cannot, I don't have to be alone in this. God knows. And then you pair that with Psalm 139. I am fearfully and wonderfully made that my soul knows full well. Wow. Wow. Right? What a beautiful thing. What is more intimate than knowing someone and them also knowing you fully. There's nothing more intimate. And God has offered that to us. He supplied it to us. It's available to us at any time. He knows our soul. And we know full well that we belong to him. Hallelujah.
Glory to God. God, because he's good, has redeemed our soul. God, is because he's good, delights our soul. God, because he's good, satisfies and fills our soul. And I like this one. This is where we ended last week, Psalm 142.7, Eden. Psalm 142.7. This is where we ended last week. We said that God strengthens, yep, bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Um, there's, is that the one? No, I'm sorry, honey. Uh, is it 138.3? Yes, thank you. It's wrong in my notes. It's right in my memory, praise God. My memory is sharp. <laughs> That's my New England accent, sharp. Right, Dean? Sharp. <laughs> I have a sharp memory. All right, Psalm 138.3. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me. You gave me strength, basically. With strength in my soul. God strengthens me with strength. In my soul, remember the scripture that says, a father, you know, if you ask a father for a fish, will he give his kids a stone? No, what do I need in my soul in this situation? I need strength in my soul. Well, guess what? God strengthens me with strength in my soul. Praise God, he gives us what we need. Hallelujah, he's not a game playing God. He does not play games. And sometimes we're made to think that he is about, ah, well, you don't know what he's trying to teach you, and you don't know what he might be meaning by that, and you just, you can't know. No, God is good. I'm still waiting for my children to ask me for fish. That doesn't happen. <laughs> I serve fish, but they've never yet asked for fish. But I said if they want to be scriptural, they should ask for fish. <laughs> so... I'm waiting. <laughs> I know, fish is good. Fish is food. <laughs> you guys know that, right? Fish are not friends. Fish are food. Bruce got it wrong. All right, anyway, that's for the kids. <laughs> so God is good. He gives us what we ask for. So here's where we're going to pick up, where we're going to start for this week. The soul can be acted upon by me. Psalm 25.1, Eden. We're gonna, this, is all, this is the new material for this week. Thank you for catching up with me. Do we have a clock, guys? I don't see the clock today. Thank you. It's okay. All right. Very good. Just give me a high, a high sign. Oh, thank you, Ed. Very good. I got it. I'm good. It's okay. I got Ed. <laughs> thank you. So Psalm 25, 1 says, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. So here's what we can do. We can do stuff to our soul. Okay, what is it? What can we do? We can lift up our souls. So lifting up our souls. If it's down, I can lift it up. And if, if it's hidden away, we can present it before the Lord. If it feels distant, Lift it up close, <laughs> all right? I, that's how I think of, we're lifting it up. You know, when you lift up a petition or you lift up a request, it's what we're doing with our soul. We're lifting up and we're saying, here you go, Lord. Here, you know the afflictions. You know my adversities. I'm lifting this up to you. You don't have to carry it. You don't have to carry it. Hallelujah. I did not have to carry what was going on with my son this week. I didn't have to carry that. I, I could lift it up and say, God, this is yours. This is totally yours. And so I can lift it up. I don't have to be burdened with it. I don't have to be heavy and bowed down as we read in the scripture. I can lift up my soul. All right. And that's what we want to do. Lift up our souls. Hallelujah. We put, our, we put our head up. We've got, a, we've got a mighty God who's never failed us yet, right? That's the last thing I said to the girls when I went to the hospital to catch up with the guys. I said, girls, he's never failed us yet. Hallelujah. We've got a mighty, mighty God. Psalm 34, 2. Hallelujah. Oh, he's never, never failed us yet. Glory to God. Uh... 
Sorry, Eden, 34-2, did I? Uh, 34-2, it says to boast. Actually, I'll get my scripture sheet out too. Lift up your hands, thank you. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. No, no, no. Okay, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, here it is. Psalm 34, 2 says, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. My soul shall make her boast. So my soul can boast. And its boast is in the Lord. You know, I, uh, I just, it's been my experience in the past <laughs> um, that people get, can get offended when you boast about your God. And I, I scratch my head and I say, how can you be offended? I just told you that God is good and what he did for me. And yet, and I'm making my boast, and, and yet that even can be uh, an occasion for someone to try and harm your soul. <laughs> but we make our boast. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how people receive it. We make our boast in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. We make our boast in the Lord. Yes. Glory to God. Uh, Psalm 35, 9 says, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. We're to be joyful. We can decide. Remember, the, remember I said that it's our response. We can either choose to forgive or we can choose to be offended. Remember last week I said, don't, call, don't choose to be offended. And then five months of depression later, you want this thing delivered. No, you can't be delivered of offense. You have to repent of offense, okay? You can't get tired after five months of laying in bed angry and depressed because you took offense at something someone did and then ask God to deliver you. No, you, you, that, you opened the door. You sent the invitation. Be joyful in the Lord. I had, again, this week, I'm telling you, I preached it last Sunday, and then this week I had an opportunity to walk it out. I had a choice to make. I could be angry. I could be afraid. I could be, uh, you know, doubting. I could be all of these things, but I had a choice to make. It was be glad. Lift up your soul. Be joyful, soul. And it, you might scratch your head and say, what in the world? Her, her son is, you know, the whole story... I don't know what I'll need to share, but anyway, there were moments there where, where another, uh, if I didn't know God, I wouldn't have done well, or another child may not have survived. So um, this was uh, the, the, the condition, this was the situation. I have a choice to make at that time, and it's to be joyful. 3513 says, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer returned into my own bosom. Uh, humbled. We can humble our soul. Our soul, if left to itself, would just be, I, I wouldn't even be able to keep up with it. It would be, it would be dragging me everywhere. <laughs> Thoughts, feelings, doing crazy, making crazy decisions because of crazy thoughts or making 50 decisions when I didn't need to make 50, I could have only made one. If we let our soul lead, we'll be all over the place. Our soul at times needs to be humbled, quieted, made to be still. Boy, and we enjoyed, I did not know what was going to happen this morning in worship, but we enjoyed some stillness. You heard that in the lyric, away from the noise, away from the noise. Some, away, sometimes we have to humble our soul and just say quiet, quiet, and get into the presence of God. And in this case, humble by fasting. So fasting is a way to say, is to shut everything down. All right. I love this next psalm, this next group of verses, Psalm 42, 1 through 4. Well, we're going to start with one. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. So pant, or some scriptures, some translations say long for. Our soul is to pant or to long for God. Verse 2, 
says, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? So he just wants to see him. And I, there are just days when we just, we are looking forward to seeing the Father face to face. And I know we've been talking, Joey was here earlier this year talking about the return of Jesus. And we had some excitement last month around some celestial occurrences and everybody was excited. Well, don't let your excitement and your expectation wane. Jesus is coming back and he's what we're going to, uh, we're going to be in his presence. That's going to be our home. And so we want to be thirsty for that. We want to be longing for that. We want to be panting for him. There's a phrase or word in the world. Uh, I told Brian, Brian got a new whip this week. I said, that's what the kids would tell you. You got a new whip. He's got a nice new red whip out in the parking lot out there. That is a, we would say, he got a new ride, right? <laughs> well, the, there's another phrase that is um, in, in that the world uses. It says, thirsty. Anybody heard this? What does thirsty mean? Thirsty means you, you are trying way too hard. You're, you're just thirsty. All right? So you're just thirsty. You're, you're trying way too hard. That selfie is too much. You, you are thirsty. All right? So that's a phrase. All right? I'm, I'm making you guys cool. All right? I don't know. If I don't take any credit. I just live with a lot of kids. <laughs> but it's a way of saying that you're showing yourself desperate. You're showing yourself like, come on, come on. You're, you're, you're looking thirsty, all right? <laughs> you're, looking, you're looking thirsty. Well, why am I saying that? Because this tells us to be thirsty. Thirsty for the Lord, Yes. Thirsty for the Lord. I am. I am after him. Amen. I do want his attention, and I have it, but I want him. I want him to notice me. I want to talk to him. I want his attention. And guess what? He doesn't mind giving it to us. <laughs> so we want to be thirsty for God, okay? You know, when you get out of the gym after a good workout, you know that you have to thirst for the right thing, though, right? You got to thirst for the right thing. After a workout, you don't go down to the local Cumbies and guzzle a 64-ounce Coke. All right? That's not what you drink after a workout. No. <laughs> we all know what you should drink after you work out. Water. There's a drink. There is a fluid that is appropriate to replenishing your body. It's water, not a soda, not an energy drink. There's something that is appropriate to the body. It's water. Well, we need to make sure we're thirsting for the right thing. The water, the living water, that is Jesus. I'm telling you that the world is exhibiting all kinds of thirsty traits. The world is exhibiting, it's, it is so thirsty. And you know what I'm finding is that when you offer the living water, a lot of people are gone. They're considering it. We used to be in a time where we didn't want to be heard, but we're in a new day. And I want you to be bold Amen. in sharing the gospel with people and sharing the living water because they're responding. They're listening to you. And they're thirsty. They're exhibiting thirsty all over the place. And so don't be shy to offer, you know, and what, the, what do they have? If they don't have God, what do they have? And I said last week, we're scrolling, 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 looking for some kind of little psychological phrase that'll make me feel better, you know, I'm scrolling. What's the next little word of wisdom for the day? Scroll, scroll, scroll. They're, it's like guzzling the 64-ounce Coke. They're guzzling Facebook, and it's empty. It's going to leave them lean. The living water is what you need, and you'll never thirst again. We're thirsty after Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, Barry Bennett was here also back in April. We're thankful for his ministry. Sometimes we'll post on Facebook little snippets that he posts and repost some of his work. But he had a post on September 13th on Facebook. It says, what are you feeding on? And uh, very simple. He's just a clear teacher, and we enjoy his ministry and his friendship. The body feeds on food, he said. The mind feeds on information. 
The soul feeds on events, relationships, and emotions. I'm going to say that again because after reading this, I identified myself. <laughs> and this back in September is what started me in this search about the soul and how does the gospel apply to my soul. So the body feeds on food. Those people who have a mind set on food are always thinking like, what's for dinner? Where's my snack? Can, let me pull, there's a Dunkin' Donuts. Let me pull through the drive-thru. Oh, I see some wives poking husbands. I'm not going to say who, but I see some poking going on around here. <laughs> what's for, my son is one, but he's 13, so I can get that. Like, mom, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? What's for dinner? Every day. So... There are people who just, food is always on their mind. Oh, I can't walk by that table. I've got to have one of everything. <laughs> food is how they feed themselves. Okay, mind feeds on information. There are people who cannot not watch news. They are like, I got to see the latest news. Wait, before I, before I go out for the day, I've, I, I can't just walk away. I have to. Or, and, there, and you turn on the car radio and it's news and the... Uh, in everywhere you go, news, 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 news. They need information. Or uh, not maybe just news, but just learning. They're satisfied by reading. They're satisfied by the latest thing. What do you know? Um, I know in each of us, we can probably identify some of this. I have some of all of this, you know? Like, sure. Uh, because we do feed. I mean, we can't not feed these parts of us. We have to eat, and we need information. The soul feeds on events, relationships, and emotions. So if you have a conflict with somebody and that leaves you down and dejected and sad, and I've had this happen to me too, you know, so there's a misunderstanding. That's not what I meant. That's not what I said. You, you heard me wrong. And now all of a sudden I'm feeling like, what can I do? And I, I'm moved by that. So relationships, um, events. Where's the latest party? I've got to be at a party. Oh, from one party to the next party. Never at home. Always out. These people are, are primarily concerned about feeding their soul. But the spirit, we know what the spirit feeds on. What does the spirit need? The word of God. The word of God. So this was a measure for me when Barry had posted this, just to take it. What is it that I'm most concerned about feeding? Is it, am I, am I looking for relationships more than I am the word of God? Am I looking for food and it does happen? Uh, when I need the word of God, am I eating food instead? When I need the word of God, am I reading the latest book about God? Mm. Because information satisfies me. No, I need the word of God. The word of God. I need. It's what I need to feed myself on. So same thing. What are we thirsty for? What are we thirsting after? We're thirsting after the word of God, the living water of God, Jesus. Amen. Psalm 42, 4 in this, well, let's read three. I think I have three up there too, right, Eden? It says, uh, my, my tears have been my meat day and night. There's somebody who's feeding its their soul, right? While they continually say unto me, where is thy God? And your soul will do that. They will challenge you. Where is God? Other people will say, there's nothing I can do for you. Where is your God? I don't, I don't have an answer for you. You've got a God. Where is your God? People will persecute you. Will come at, Even within your own soul, it will say that. Where is your God? Well, here's what verse 4 says. Verse 4 says, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. And the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. So here he was by himself, crying, tears, emotions. Soul is condemning. Soul is persecuting himself. He gets up and where does he go? To the house of the Lord. He goes to church. And I'm telling you, I, I, we don't have a church because we think everybody should go to church. We have a church because this is where we're lifted up and we hear the word of God and we get our answers and we get ideas and we get inspiration. And God's word is given to us and life thereby is imparted to us for his word is life and it is spirit. 
So we don't come here. We didn't, Joseph and I didn't say, hey, let's start a church. That's a cool thing. New England needs some churches. No, we knew the word of God is what we need. I'm telling you, I drew from today's praise and worship sitting here. I drew. I, I'm so thankful for a place where we can receive. <laughs> Not every church can you go home feeling filled up, but we do. Why? Because we honor the word of God and we're getting stronger every time, every time. We're coming out of here stronger than we were before we came in. So he goes to the church and he's pouring out the soul. He's pouring out my soul. We can pour out our soul unto the Lord. We don't have to hold on to that, any of that stuff. We cast it off. We throw it onto him. He asks us to give it to him because he cares for us. But then we pour out our soul in praise. You're going to see that in a little bit. We pour out our soul in praise. You know, I said last week, Mary anointed Jesus' feet with some very costly perfume. She poured it out and she gave it all in worship to God. So we too need to pour out our soul in worship or in praise. A greater word revelation. When you get a revelation about what God has done for you, you'll have a greater worship response. So you get a word revelation you're going to have a worship response. So the more that we understand God has done something for my soul, he's offering strength for my need of strength. He's offering joy for my need of joy. When I get a revelation that, wow, he knows everything that I'm feeling. He knows my soul and he loves me. He's rejoicing me. When I get a revelation of that, I'm going to have a greater worship response. And so uh, we're going to pour out our soul in praise. Number two, uh, another one, hope. Psalm 42, 11 says, uh, hope thou in God. She's got it highlighted there for us, hope. So I'm going to move more quickly, uh, just highlighting those. So we're gonna, we can hope. Our soul, we can uh, check that our soul is hoping in God. Psalm 103, 1 and 2 We know this one. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord. Our soul can bless the Lord. Or as we saw in the other verse, our soul can say, where's your God? <laughs> so what do we need to do? When it acts like that, we bless the Lord. We bless the Lord. Hallelujah. In the middle of my challenge this week, sun in my arms, collapsed on the ground, I'm blessing the Lord. It was my choice. It was my choice to rejoice in God, to speak the word. He shall live and not die. I bless you, Lord. I praise you. I thank you that you're his healer, that your word is at work right now, affecting a life change in him. Thank you, Father, that you're my healer. I had that choice. This is what I chose to do. Now you see my response today. I have a son. He's not here, but I have my son. I'm not saying that it was me who did that. I'm saying that if I can order myself to put my soul under and let the word of God have ascendancy, what's to stop me now? What's, what's to stop God from doing what he said he would do? What will stop God from doing what he said he would do? So I have to cooperate with him in these moments. So I say, I bless the Lord. I bless the Lord in the face of adversity. I bless the Lord in the face of lack. I bless the Lord in the, in the moment of my need. Hallelujah. We uh, remember also in verse two, Eden says, uh, forget not. Well, we'll just say that as remember, make your soul remember what God has done. Hallelujah. Psalm 57, one says, trust Make your soul trust God. Psalm 62, 5, I like this verse. It says, my soul, wait. Wait. Only upon God, for my expectation is from him. I think this is so important. Wait. Wait. Don't jump to respond to the stuff that is trying to vex your soul. You're on Facebook. You're watching the news. Those things are designed to vex you. They're designed to trigger something. I don't care if it's one side of the news or the other side of the aisle. They're both designed to elicit a particular response from you. Don't respond. They want you to be mad at the president or they want you to like the president. And what they're presenting, they are 
they presenting in a way to elicit something from your soul, to get an emotion. Wait, wait, soul, wait. What am I waiting for? Let's wait on the Lord. What does the Lord have to say? The shooting happened two weeks ago. Everybody's on there. What happened? Oh, the, oh, I think this happened. I think that happened. Who knows what happened? I don't know. That's kind of fishy. All this stuff. And it was going in minutes of the occurrence. Wait. And don't feel like you have to weigh in on one side or the other. Just wait. Wait. Wait on the Lord. Let the Lord give you wisdom on what's going on. That's a national situation, but in your personal situation, again, you see your son collapsed, unconscious, on the ground, wait, wait, okay? I mean, it doesn't mean you sit there, <laughs> but you, you are inward focused. What is God telling me to do? What is the spirit of God leading me to do? I'm spirit led. I have the teacher in me. I'm waiting for you. I'm not responding. I'm waiting on the Lord. Coincidentally, and on the side, I do want to say this, and I'm thankful. I want to thank God. Uh, I know this week there was some, a summit in which the president said, we are a nation, he said this multiple times, this is not the first time, we are a nation of believers. We worship God, not government. So praise God for that. I just want to say thank God. Thank God, because I agree. I'm not worshiping government, I'm worshiping God. And we are a nation of believers. If we don't say it, who will? We are a nation of believers. Hallelujah. Submitting ourselves to the leading of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Psalm 63, 8. Follows hard or clings. My soul followeth hard after thee. This is football season, and we love to watch those defenders follow hard after a receiver and make a block, right? I mean, it's like a shadow. They're so fascinating to watch, right? They're, they like fake that they're going this way and then they go that way. And, and the, the best defenders are the ones that can shadow or be right on top, following hard. Or another example, my dog, Christmas. <laughs> as soon as she hears a knife on the cutting board, whoop, right there, she loves vegetable scraps, anything like that. Right there. She's following hard after me. <laughs> we need our soul to follow hard after God. Mm -hmm. Similarly to humble is the word chasten in Psalm 69.10. We're to chasten our soul with fast, fasting. The word chaste is such an old-fashioned word. I don't even know if the kids even know what it means, but usually it has a sexual connotation, meaning that you have no sexual intention, that you're pure, that your intent is completely pure, free from any tainting or any kind of bad motive, the word chaste. Well, this means chasten. It comes from that word. It means to restrain, pull back. Don't let your soul just go nuts, all right? If somebody doesn't, don't let your soul go nuts. A uh, number of weeks ago, Joseph was telling you back in September when I took somebody's parking spot and she ended up deciding she had a few words for me and part, pulled up right beside me and took time to roll down the window and share something with me. <laughs> well... I need to restrain. I need to chasten my soul at that time. I need to moderate, okay? And chasten, what are the things? We need to manage our thought life. We need to manage our emotional life. We need to put on a restraint. And I'm telling you right now, people will accuse you of being fake for doing this. They will say, well, you're not being real. Oh, no, I, I don't. Being real is just another word for you're not being carnal. I'm not interested in being carnal. I'm interested in submitting myself to the spirit of God so that God's life can flow through my situation. Why do I want to let the door open and let that fly if it's going to hinder what God's going to do? I'm going to restrain that stuff. I'm going to pull it back, not because I'm being fake, not because I'm being pretentious. Not because I'm holier than thou, but because I'm making way for God to do what he does, what he does so well. I want to make way for him to do what he wants to do in my life. So in my thought life, I've got to watch those worries. In my emotional life, I have to watch those fears. And in my decision life, I have to watch the behaviors, the things that I'm deciding. 
Psalm 119, 129 says, keep his testimonies. Our soul can keep our testimonies, keep the testimonies of the Lord. And the last one, praise the Lord. Psalm 146, one, praise you the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. And I like to, sometimes I just shout out. I just shout out. I was shouting this morning. You'll just have to have earplugs if you're standing next to me because I like to shout out my praise to the Lord. And I want to say just again, if you, when you get a greater revelation of the word, you're going to have a greater worship response. If you're just singing the words of a song and you have no revelation, well, okay, you're singing the words of a song. But if those words of the song light up inside of you and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right. Well, you're going to, woo, wah, <laughs> praise God. Yeah, it's because you know something. I know something, okay? And I say that to you as Highway Church because I don't want you to hinder other people's praise either. You don't know. Remember, pour out your soul, pour out your soul in praise. Pour out your soul in praise. You don't know that what's really happening to someone who's pouring out their soul in a praise moment is they're prospering their soul. In that moment where they're praising God and you're thinking, I've never seen that before. And the hair's flopping and, you know, and the slips are showing, whatever. (laughs) Shoes are flying. I don't know. When someone pours out their praise, they are in that moment prospering their soul. They're growing from one place to another. They're succeeding out of that bondage and into freedom. They're progressing, making steps forward. So just because you don't understand it, again, who can know what's going on in the heart of a man except that man himself and God? So I'm asking you here uh, at Highway Church, to pour out your soul in praise and not to hinder those uh, who you don't know if they're not succeeding, growing, prospering their soul, breaking out from old thinking and stepping into new revelation. Now I say all of this in the last part of today, I wanna give testimony of what God is doing here. Remember this is the church, the church that prospers is what I call this message today because I get the advantage and Joseph and I get the advantage of hearing from you all the things that God is doing in your lives. And it's because uh, we are being spirit-led. We are letting the God um, lead us in our lives. And I get to hear what's going on. And I just want to share some of that with you this morning. Because we are, as a church, succeeding, progressing. We are moving forward and growing in the things of God. And so here's some of the things that I heard. Marriages. Marriages that have been decades long. These are not new marriages. These are marriages that were stagnant for decades where I sit on one end of the couch and you sit on the other end of the couch. Marriages that were stagnant for years, for decades, are entering new seasons of growth. Shared around the study of the word, someone was telling me. We're actually, you know, setting an appointment and studying the Bible together. Wow. Wow. It's never too late. You can, it, just because you've been married for 40 years doesn't mean that there's not time for a new season. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bibles are being read for the first time. What? Yeah. We've been in church a long, long time, but maybe haven't been in the Word. And Bibles are being read. These are things that people are relaying to me. I'm reading my Bible. Oh, praise God. Praise God. That's indica- indicative of a new hunger. New applications. Let me, let me apply this. Let me put this to work. I've heard that real estate is being bought. Real estate, things that hadn't even entered someone's mind, quickly came and real estate was purchased in a quick fashion. Things that hadn't even entered into the mind were inspired by the Spirit of God and it was able to be moved on and it, uh, so people are growing in that aspect. 
personal faith is growing. People have confidence now. <laughs> I've been hearing, I have interviews. I have, uh, uh, I have to update my resume. And, and I struggled all many, many years. And all of a sudden now they're saying, I have confidence. I have new faith, personal faith that God is with me and that he's working all things out for my good. Confidence to have the answers. They're overcoming fears. They're trusting the spirit of God to lead them instead of figuring it all out all the time. People are saying, no, I'm, I'm personally stepping out and following what God is telling me to do instead of what I thought maybe I should do. Instead of reasoning, I'm stepping out being led by the Spirit of God. People are trying new ventures. <laughs> I'm hearing about some of you who have had hobbies but never thought it could be something, and now it's starting to be something. You're starting to try new ventures. Yeah, something's going on. It's really cool. Trying new ventures that have been on the back burner or just an imagination. You didn't think it was possible. God's saying, yes, it's possible. And you're stepping out on it. Other people in the church have been telling me about personal creativity. I love this. One of you is telling me, I don't, I don't do that. I, I, I've never known myself to be like that. I've never, I never even, I mean, other people are like that, but not me. And then uh, even sitting here within the service, someone said, the spirit of God was like, just make a little drawing. And uh, so this person made a drawing. was like, I never drew in my life. Like, I didn't know I could do this. There's inspiration for creativity. New things are happening all around this place. And I want you to know it. Books are published. CDs are being made. New businesses are happening around us. There are manifestations of healing being confirmed. People are following the Holy Spirit concerning their bodies, you know? It's, it's good to go to the doctor. It's good to do what the doctor says. But what's uh, over that is what Jesus says. <laughs> if he's telling you, you know, take it at this hour, take your prescription at this moment, have a little water, take Holy Ghost prescriptions. I'm hearing you guys say, you know, yes, I'm doing what the doctor said, but I'm listening for the spirits leading, all, you know, in this situation. And healings are being manifested because we're letting the spirit of God tell us what to do. In the situation this week, after Judah had hit his head, um, he had gone unconscious and had some convulsions in the shower. And I was, we called 911 and had them come and um, we later discovered that there was um, subarachnid hemorrhage, <laughs> for those of you physicians. Had a little bleeding on his brain, which is what caused the convulsion. A uh, little bit of slurred speech, weakness in his left side, but in the time of the ambulance ride, Joseph went with him and was continually praying. I had been praying at the moment these things had happened. Um, we just saw God take over. We wanted to be led in the situation. And so don't just revert to, you know, craziness. <laughs> Wait on the Lord. Be led of the Lord. He's going to prosper your soul. And you'll see God's word at work in you. And uh, I'm telling you, I have a son this week who loves the Lord. When, right, when he, he doesn't remember this section, but he was being tested and people were asking him, you know, what day is it? What grade are you in? What's your name? Who's this lady? Me. <laughs> I said, my mom. And, and that, those moments, he doesn't remember any of that. But in that moment, I said, Judah, I said, God is your God. God is in you. The healer is in you. And you know, he's working in you. And he said, yes, mom. And he doesn't recall that, but yes, mom. He recalled. So the word of God is at work. We're waiting on the inside. We're listening on the inside that we would respond according to the Spirit's leading. So I'm so excited that we are a church that prospers. Hallelujah. Let me just pray for you as we close. Hallelujah. I want to lift up your souls to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you that you have rescued us. You have delivered us. You have rejoiced our soul. You delight our soul. You have satisfied us. There's nothing more that we are looking for. We found it. We found you. You found us. And we just gladly respond to you, Father. We respond in our souls to bless your name, to lift up your name, to exalt your name. Father, we exalt you in our souls. We wait upon you.
and we lift high your name. Whatever situation we might be facing, we condemn fear, we condemn doubt, and we say that our God is greater. We know full well who made us and who has kept us. Hallelujah, and he's faithful. God, you have never failed us. And right now I just speak strength to your souls in the name of Jesus. I speak strength to your souls. I speak faith for faith to arise, for love to abound in your soul one to another. That you would increase in faith and abound in love. That your soul would be satisfied. No more angst. No more vexation. We receive the peace of God which passes all understanding. We receive the peace of God to our souls. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.